1: Hello, friends. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. This is Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. You are joining me on Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Thank you for spending part of your morning with me. I have gotten horribly out of the habit of doing these for two reasons. Earlier in the season, frankly, the Mavericks weren't very fun to cover. Uh, And second, there wasn't a ton of stuff getting written about the team that I found particularly interesting. Pair that with the fact that running the website and life and stuff, I just got out of the habit. And I thrive mainly when I'm doing things out of habit. So I wanted to restart this post. So for those of you who don't listen to it or only listen to it on occasion, I look at just about every direct message I get. My email is pretty easy to find. And I really like it when I come across stuff that that I read on Reddit on uh, from Twitter and from various websites so if you find something you like about the Mavericks, whether it's an article, a video, or a podcast, send it my way because I would like to share it with other people. If you're writing things on the Mav, send them my way. I enjoy reading those things as well, and I will try to do my best to promote what I can when I can. Up first on Mavs Moneyball, I started the uh, 2023 trade deadline tracker just to sort of get a jump start on what's going to be talked about over the next month. The most interesting thing to me over these first few days has been the noise surrounding Tim Hardaway Jr. Two days ago on the 9th, uh, or I guess it was the 8th, on the uh, Please Don't Aggregate This podcast uh, with Jake Fisher. Uh, Cleveland writer Chris Fedor basically made the argument that the Cavaliers were interested in Tim Hardaway. Uh, the very next day, it then came out that perhaps the Cavaliers aren't that interested in Tim Hardaway, uh, and and in order to take on two extra years of his deal, they might need something else. If it in in terms of not just being a a Tim Hardaway Jr. for Karis LeVert swap straight up, then today, or I'm sorry, excuse me, yesterday morning. On uh, December 11th, Wednesday, I'm sorry, yeah, on, on Wednesday, a, a person I have never heard of named Adam Barai, who's done some work around the internet but has a ton of Twitter followers, uh, noted that the Mavericks have also talked with the Miami Heat about sending Tim Hardaway out. I find all this Tim Hardaway chatter to be very interesting in that I, I, if you would have told me around game twenty that there was, uh, you know, any sort of interest in Tim, I would have just laughed because Tim was not having a good season, and if there's any sort of market for Tim, that's something the Mavericks simply have to consider. Uh, they're very reliant on Tim, which would, you know, open up kind of a can of worms. But being reliant on Tim, as much as I love him as a player, is something that I don't think is a recipe for success going forward. Tim Hardaway is too trick-or-treat. He's not consistent. He's also not that good of a defender. The Mavericks need to find a different way to win that doesn't rely on Tim Hardaway Jr. shooting 40% or better from the three-point line. The next piece I want to draw uh, to your attention, and all of these links are in the show notes, which you should be able to access pretty easily through whichever means you listen to your podcast. Um Meta Robinson wrote uh, her weekly column this week. Basketball is about feelings, and it's about the mental game of free throws and Luka Doncic. I enjoyed this piece a great deal. Free throws uh, uh, resonate with me personally a great deal. I was a horrendous free throw shooter in my junior year of high school and figured it out. My senior year, where I went from shooting in the 40s to the 80s, it was it, it it absolutely is a mental game. So her piece here really resonated with me, and I wanted to point it out to you. Then next, uh, our resident old man of Mavs Moneyball, Brent Brooks, wrote a piece called "Twitter is Not the Coach for the Dallas Mavericks, but Fate Just Might Be." I'm not going to read you the whole piece, but I wanted to read a couple of sections from you, um, and and it it's just talking about kid and coaching in the modern era and just how things can can you know slightly get out of control to a degree it's it's really it's really a smart piece um i i also felt like that that brett or that brent was was subtweeting me to a degree when he said kid stance against uh, against being influenced by popular opinion should go without saying No team should want their coach consulting a weather vane when doling out rotation minutes. Yet as you watch the clip a month later, one cannot help but feel that Kidd was tempting fate. Up to that point, the Mavericks had functioned as a healthy team, which was the basis for Kid's premise that Jaden Hardy needed to wait his turn. What followed was a cruel hat trick of injuries that have reshuffled the Dallas rotation and opened the door to the very lineup adjustment that Twitter had been asking for. Uh, it's it's This is a, l- a lovely column. I really like when Brent uh, takes his time and really thinks about something because he's watched this team for 40 years and just has a lot to say. Um, the next piece was a really fun one. I think we all saw... Uh, a couple weeks ago, how uh, Luka Doncic presented Dorian Finney Smith with some horse shoe sneakers for his horse that he had had uh, bought last year, I think is what it was. Well, my friend Katie Heindahl over at Uprocks for their uh, dime uh, section, their basketball section, wrote a really in-depth story about the guy who made those shoes for, uh, for the horse and what he does for other horses. I was shocked at how much I like this story. It's a, it's really much more of a story about an artist than it is the art, but it's fascinating because they, they, this guy basically breaks down these shoes and remakes them. And he's, he's had some challenges with Nike, you know, doing cease and desist and shutting down his um, his Instagram account, but I really, I just like this story. It was something different in, in the middle of the basketball season, something different is absolutely ideal. Uh, it's, 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 I, I loved it. Absolutely. Go check this one out in the show notes. Um, the second to last thing I wanted to direct you to was it's about a week old, uh, at this point, it's from my friend, Michael Pena over at the ringer. He makes a case for Luka Doncic, being not the MVP, but the MIP, the most improved player. Just to read you this section, here's the case for Luca. His lead leading scoring average is up 5.9 points after three straight seasons in which it sat around 28 points every night. His usage rate is only up one percentage point from last season. His player efficiency rating is up 7.3 points from a very good 25.1% to 32.4, which would be the second highest PER of all time. Almost all his shot splits are career bests. His shooting percentage is 4.8 points better or higher than last year. He's shooting 59% inside the arc with a lower dependency on three-point line and a major jump in free-throw attempts. He goes on and on. I mean, he really... This is just... It's honestly my favorite thing I've read in 2023 on Luka. Now it's 11 days, 12 days so far. But I was thrilled reading this, and I think it's the kind of thing that if you missed it last week will absolutely um, juice you up. The, the last thing I want to direct you to was the midseason media report, in which NBA.com basically did a they, – they grabbed 30 different media people and, and took their temperature on a lot of different questions about uh, the league at the 41-game mark – Callie Kaplan did it, of the Dallas Morning News, did it for the Dallas market. And there's just all sorts of Dallas tidbits in here. My favorite ones are um, 43% of the people uh, voted noted that Luka Doncic's 60-point triple-double was the most impressive or best game of the season. Um, The best play of the season was Luka's uh, intentionally missed free throw, which led to uh, the ball going through multiple nicks and then him just throwing it up in the air. There's just a lot of stuff in here. The Most media think that Luka is going to win the, the MVP, which I find pretty interesting. Uh, I still think that the media doesn't reward Luka with a MVP unless they are a top four team in the West, which, as of right now, uh, they still have a chance of doing that. So there's a lot in here. I recommend kind of going through, like doing a control F and looking for Dallas. Uh, It's it's pretty fun just seeing what you know, just taking a poll like this is there's a lot going on Um, and it you know, it's granted it's media people answering and you know team guys that cover specific teams every night honestly don't have enough time to watch the league but I still like these sorts of things because NBA media beat people really do know a lot they're on the they it's what they do for a living so I recommend that. All right, so I also recommend popping by MavsMoneyBall.com. Josh has a post up on defense that is coming out at some point today. It's going to be some betting posts because the Mavericks play the Lakers a little later tonight. Uh, That one should be pretty interesting and perhaps a little bit scary because Dorian Finney-Smith and... Josh Greener still not playing, which the defense, uh, you know, we saw what happened when the Mavericks tried to guard Kawhi Leonard. LeBron James is equally frightening. So, yeah, please hop into the show notes. Check out every single one of these links. Head over to MavsMoneyBall.com. I really appreciate your time. Everybody have a good night, and I will talk with you a little later uh, on this evening.